To this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. different. How many wants to say with me today, I want a different life? Come on now. I want a different life. Maybe it's in my finances. I, I want to see healing. Maybe it's physically in my body. We can say today, I want to see health come back to my body. We can look at our lives and say, you know what? I want to see my marriage, my relationships restored. I want to see my walk with God get greater and greater and greater. And all those things are possible. Why? Because we can change. That God can give us the strength that we can hope for greater things in our future as God changes who we are. Today I want to look at another key truth in our lives. We've really looked at four, or over the course of this month, we've been dealing with four key truths. We've been talking about physically in our bodies that God wants to make a change. We've been talking about relationally, in relationships and, and through those situations that God wants to bring a change. We talked about spiritually. Last week we talked about the house and how that can spiritually build our lives and, and how we can be built in God. And today I want to talk about another one of those truths and that's financially. Come on, say in my finances. Come on, we're going to talk today about financial change and how to get those breakthroughs, how to get those miracles that you need in your finance. And just like when we presented a change physically, we didn't give you a diet to follow. We didn't give you an exercise regime and say, if you do this, then you're going to be in shape. Of course, if you eat right, if you exercise, it's going to help you. But we gave you principles from God's word. The same is true today in finance. We could sit up here and say, okay, here's how you budget. Here's how you balance your checkbook. Here's how you build savings. Here's how you do plastic surgery. Some of the best plastic surgery you need to do is not change this and lift this and squish this. It's take Take a pair of scissors out and cut up your credit cards. Plastic surgery. Get rid of it. And I know today we could talk about all of that. And incidentally, on Wednesday night, Mr. Dan is going to be doing a workshop on finance. You need to be here. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. He's going to be helping us and and giving us some tips on that. But you know what? I'm going to give you something better today than budgeting. I'm going to give you something better today than a spending plan or a savings plan. And it's better than that. And here it is. It is the principle or a principle from God's word. And it's the principle of first. Say with me, first. Come on, say it nice and loud today. First. 
I believe this principle will bring freedom to your complete life, not just financially, but it will bring freedom. As I was researching, as I was studying, as I was meditating, even on this this morning, I was walking around my neighborhood this morning and I was just praying and I was like, man, God, please help people to get this because this is going to change their finance. This is going to change their life. I'm telling you, I'm preaching something today and I'm getting excited and I'm not even in the message today yet. But I'm excited about God's word because God's word works. And God's word will change your life. If you don't take notes in church, today's a good day to start. If you don't have a piece of paper, destroy one of the offering envelopes in front of you. Rip it open. There's a white piece of paper in the inside of that. You need to take notes today. You need to grab the CD today. You need to listen to this on podcast. You need to get a hold of this. For this reason, I'm going to ask you all a question And here's the reason why you need to get this. If I was to ask every one of you this question, what would be your answer? How many need help in their finances? Come on, show of hands today. How many could could handle a few more dollar bills? Come on, how many could handle just a little bit more? Come on, let me see those hands. How many would say, "I, I need some help in my finances? Can you see the need that there is? Well, here it is. We're not going to give you a quick, get, get rich quick infomercial. This is proven from God's word. How many have ever heard the saying, first things first? Anyone ever heard that? First things first. That's the title of our message today. Because if we're going to get right financially, then it's got to be first things first. We've got to be first things first. And here's where we find the first thing. Here's the first thing. Turn with me to Exodus 13, verse 1 and 2. Exodus 13, 1 and 2. While you're turning there, nudge your neighbor and say, come on, this is your day. Come on, this is your moment. Get this. You need to get this. You need to listen to this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, chapter 13 of Exodus, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying... Consecrate, literally set apart to me all the what? Come on, say that with me. Firstborn, all the whatever opens the womb amongst the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. Those last three words, it is mine, do not really give the thought or really do not give the original text the justice that it perhaps needs. It is mine, but yet God is saying this in such a strong way that we've got to understand this. God says, it belongs to me. It's not yours, it is mine. I have ownership over that. Reading on, skipping down to verse 12 and verse 13, he says, You shall set apart, there it again is, it is mine, set it apart, consecrate it, give it to me, to the Lord, all that opens the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, which you have the males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. 
In other words, God is saying, you're going to lose it anyway. If you don't give it to me, you're going to lose it anyway. Come on, you hold on to that thought. That's a good thought right there. If you don't give it to God, you're going to lose it anyway. And all the firstborn of man amongst your sons you shall redeem. We just read there that you have to either sacrifice or redeem the firstborn. Say that with me. Sacrifice or redeem. So here's the three points that we're going to give you today of the principle of first that's going to revolutionize your finances and revolutionize your life. Number one, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. In the culture of their day, there was those animals that were deemed unclean. In this passage of Scripture, one such animal was a donkey. And as a result of it being deemed unclean, that animal had to be redeemed. That animal could not be sacrificed because it would not be pleasing to God because it was unclean. So therefore, it had to be redeemed or its place had to be taken By that which was clean, a lamb had to be offered in the place of an unclean animal. Let me ask you a question today, or another couple of questions in the house. How were you born? How were we as human beings born? Spiritually speaking, were we born clean or were we born unclean? Come on, help me out in the house. Unclean. Unclean, how do we know this? You don't have to teach a child to do bad, but you have to instruct them how to do good. You don't have to teach a kid to say no, but you've got to help them a little bit to say yes. Anyone with me on that? Why? Because of the sin nature, the unclean nature that's inside of every one of us. But how about Christ? How was Christ born, spiritually speaking? Was he born clean or was he born unclean? clean. He was the spotless lamb. Notice this when John the Baptist sees Jesus. Jesus is coming to be baptized by him. And note please, if you haven't been baptized, you need to be baptized next Sunday morning. It's just an infomercial right there. Sign up. We're going to be preaching on baptism next weekend at the 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And after the 11 o'clock service, we're going to go out and we're going to dunk some people in the tank and we're going to have a great service. But Jesus comes to John the Baptist to be baptized. And John says these words in John 1 verse 29. He says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Notice this. He was making a statement. Behold the only one who is sinless. The only one who is perfect that is able to do away with, to pay the price for sin for mankind once and for all. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave heaven's best. God gave his son, Jesus Christ, to come, his firstborn son, listen to this, to become the sacrifice that would redeem you and I. We're unclean. So the clean Christ, 
had to be sacrificed so that the unclean, you and I, could be redeemed. Can you see this today? You've got to see this today. Look what it says in Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrated his own love towards us. In that while we were, what? Still in sin. We were yet in sin. Guess what? God gave His Son. Christ died for us. I want to show you something today that I believe you see from the Scripture, from the Word of God. And that is this. God sent Jesus Christ to be the tithe for you and I. Jesus is God's tithe for mankind. The clean came to redeem that which is unclean. While we were still where? In sin. Christ came. He was given in faith. He was given in faith. We were still sinners. We were still rebellious. We were still against God. But God didn't wait and say, I'll give my son when you get it right. God gave in faith of what he believed and hoped and trusted would take place. He was given Christ, Jesus. God's tithe was given in faith for us before he saw any results. God didn't wait to see if we changed. He gave despite our actions and not good actions, may I add. Come on, we're not good in ourselves, in our sin nature. We're not good, but God still gave the best for every one of us. And this is a principle that we see, the principle of first. We see it throughout the entirety of God's Word. Let's think about what's being asked in the passages that we just read in Exodus. God is saying to the children of Israel, whenever your offspring or whenever your lambs, your oxen, whenever they have a calf, whenever they have a lamb, that which is the firstborn, here's what you're to do. You are to kill it. Now that takes faith. When that's your livelihood. That takes faith when that's your future. You're a farmer. You're a rancher. Because that's pretty much what they were. That was their future. That was their life. What if in childbirth that oxen died? Then if I killed the firstborn, there would be what? Nothing left. God didn't say, wait till that oxen has had ten little oxens. Then you can give me one. God says, I want what is First, not after, but before. And that's tough. It takes faith to give the first. It takes faith to say, okay, God, I trust you with this. I don't know what's coming behind it, but God, I trust you first. When you're not promised anything else and all you have is the first, God says, would you give that to me? You know what? Because it takes faith. To give the first. That's why so few Christians really experience the blessing of tithing to God. The word tithe means a tenth, giving a tenth. It's no wonder that so many miss the opportunity of being blessed through tithing because they refuse to release the firstborn and to give God first. Look at Malachi 3 verse 9 and 10. Jesus says these words, You are cursed with a curse. Because you have what? You have robbed me. You have refused 
to give me that which is mine. Remember that scripture in Exodus? It's mine, God says. You have refused to give me what is mine. And therefore, here's the thought I want you to see of robbing God. You have shut up the avenues that he desires to bless you through. God's still the blesser. You haven't changed who he is, but you have changed what he is being allowed to get to where you're at. Come on, help me in the house. You've shut down the avenues, the lines of communication. And he goes on to say, verse 10, but bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me with this. The only place in Scripture does God say, put me to the test, is with our giving, is with our money, and with what we have. God says, put me to the test, and He already answers how He's going to come through, because He said, put me to the test and see if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing. And that's a bad translation there because when he talks about the windows, he's not talking about a small porthole. He's not talking about a small bay window. He's talking about the floodgates of heaven. Come on, say with me, the floodgates. He says, I'll open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing. I love this, that there will not be room enough To receive it all. You see, we're talking about the principle of firstborn. And here's what it is. Take a note. Write this down. The principle of the firstborn is this. God, I'm going to give you first. And I'm going to trust you to redeem the rest. God, I'm going to give to you first. Even when I don't have a job for next week and all I had was the job for this week, but I'm going to still give to you and I'm going to trust you. I'm telling you right now, this is a principle from God's Word that's not to destroy your life, not to take from your life, but to release your life, to bring freedom in your life, to bring breakthroughs in your life, to turn your finances up the right way and to help you to be what God has called you to do. I'm going to put you to the test, God, and I know that you are going to prove to be faithful. That's not easy. Come on, let's just be honest. After all, we are in church. It's not easy to have faith like that. It's not easy to say, God, I'm going to trust you with this. But don't be like so many who would say, and this is the number one reason why people don't tithe, and that is this, I cannot afford to. Listen to me, you will never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe, because tithing is what breaks the curse over your finances, your life, and everything you are. Come on, it's tithing, the Bible says, and we're going to read it later, that rebukes the devourer, that releases God into your life, into your finances, into your situations. Some of you are sitting here right now and saying, there's no way I can do that and stay where you're at. What you're doing right now is not producing good, so if you keep doing it, you're going to keep producing bad. But when you put the principles of God's Word into effect in your life, and you step out in faith and say, God, I'm going to honor you. Let me tell you something. The windows of heaven will be opened up and the blessings will begin to come down. I'm going to say something right now. And hey, hey, you can say this at 10 o'clock on whatever day it is. What day is it today? Sunday. I know that. What date? Sorry. What day is it? Okay. 22nd? 22nd of September at 10 o'clock. Pastor Philip said this. 
If you tithe for one year and you don't see breakthroughs, you don't see miracles, you don't see God move on your behalf, I will say this, I will give you every penny back that you have tithed to the church for that whole year. Now, now listen to me. Let me tell you this. Okay, here's the criteria. I want to see how much you made too, and I want to see your tithing statement because I'm not talking about just tipping God when you feel like it and just giving him a bit here and there. I'm talking about at least 10% of your gross income, and I want to see that you are tithing off that. And I'm telling you right now, at the end of the year, you can come back to me and say, it doesn't work, and I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to because it works. It works. It works. But I want to tell you this. I'm giving you a money back guarantee on tithing. Money back guarantee on tithing. Okay. Here's the second principle. Stay with me. It gets even better than this. Trust me. The second principle is this. First fruits must be offered. Say that with me. First fruits must be offered. Here again is the principle of first. First things first. Look what it says in Exodus 23, 19. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Notice this, God is very specific. He doesn't just say your first fruits, he says what? The first of the first. Come on, the first of the first. In other words, God is laying it out for you and saying, if it's not the first of the first, then it's the last of the last and I don't want that. Come on, God is saying it's the first of the first which is acceptable, not the last of the last. And what does it say? Bring it where? Into the storehouse. Bring it into the house of the Lord. That's what it says. Bring it into the house of the Lord. Not trying to be unkind, but your tithe does not belong in a TV evangelist's ministry. Your tithe does not belong in a missions project. Do we love these things? Do we support these? Yes, we do. But the Bible is very specific here and in other passages such as Malachi that your tithe belongs in the storehouse, in the house of God. Up above and beyond your tithe, that's the offering. And you can give that where you want. But I'm telling you, God wants you to put your tithe into his house. His house first. Then your house will be blessed. But notice something else it says in that passage. God says, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring. Notice in our terminology, what we usually like to say is, I will give to God. Don't we? I want to give to God. God says, no, it's not something you give. God says, it's something that you bring to me. Why would God say that? Well, Pastor Philip, it's just a play on words. No, it's not. It's very important to see this. The reason why God would say bring it is because you cannot give what is not yours to give. Come on now. You cannot give what is not yours to give. You can bring it, but you cannot give it. You see, 100% of what you have is all his. It's already all his. We just serve a great God that says, let me keep 10 and you can have 90 for yourself. But you see, the misconception we have is this. Well, I'm just giving my tithes today. No, you're bringing back to God the first fruit, the firstborn, that which is already his in the first place. Look at Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions. And here it is again. And with the what? 
with the first fruits of all your increase, so what? Your barns will be filled. You see, these are not my words today. These are the words of God. I'm just trying to help you in your life. But God says, if you honor me with what? The first fruits. Guess what? With everything you have, guess what will happen? God says this, honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruit of your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. Listen to me. Your barns will be filled. The Bible doesn't say your barns are full. Why? Because it takes faith sometimes. It's easy to give when our barns are full. But God says as we give, guess what? Our barns will be filled. Come on, we're serving an awesome God here. Come on, this is shouting material today. This is some good stuff. God says, I will fill as you what? As you bring, I can bring back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. You see, when God promised the children of Israel a promised land, they first doubted God. How did they doubt God? They looked at the size of the opposition. They looked at the giants and said, there's no way we can beat them. We're just like grasshoppers. We're nothing. We're no... They looked at the opposition instead of at their gods. Instead of telling their God how big their problems were, they told their problems that their God wasn't able to solve them. Instead of going to God and saying, God, we may have big problems, but you're a bigger God and we trust you. They looked at their problems and thought there's no way that God could do that. And as a result, that generation all died in a wilderness and wandered around for 40 years until they kicked the bucket. But when they were ready for God to bring them into their promise... God said to them these words, Joshua 6 verse 19. God says to them these words, But all the silver and the gold and the vessels of bronze and iron are to be given, are to be concentrated to the Lord, and they shall come into the treasury of the house. We can look at that and say, come on God, that's a little bit rough. But you see here it again is the principle of first, the first fruits. Jericho was the first city of the promised land. And what God was telling the children of Israel, what we need to see for our lives right now is this. When we give God the first fruits, God says, after that, everything else is yours. Come on. God said, everything from Jericho is mine. It's my first fruit. But after that, when you give me what's first, you can have all the rest. But one man, Achan. He decided that he was going to keep some of it. He didn't keep a whole lot, but he kept something. And as a result, the Bible says he became a curse. Look what Joshua's warning was to the children through God. Joshua 6 verse 18. And you, by all means, must abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and you trouble it. Achan did it. Why did Achan do it? Because he kept back that which is God's. When you keep that which is God's, you are bringing not blessing upon your life. You are bringing a curse upon your life. I just want you to hear this today. To keep the first fruits is to steal from God. Malachi 3 verse 8 and 9. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you may say, God, how have we robbed you? We have robbed you. Why? Because of the 
the tithes and the offerings, through not giving you what you want. And therefore, what does God say? You are now what? Cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. And it gets worse than just you. It affects other people around you, even this whole nation. Well, Pastor Philip, that, that all that stuff is okay. Well, Pastor, this is just Old Testament stuff. You're just preaching Old Testament. That was gone when Jesus did the law. When he abolished the law, he got rid of all of that. Well, really? In that same passage of Malachi in verse 6, two verses before that, God says these the words, I am the Lord and I do not change. So if God just established the fact that he is God and he doesn't change, how can we then say two verses later that he's suddenly changed, that it's something that's old? Let me tell you something. You see, tithing is not a law, but it's an unchanging principle established by an unchanging God. And may I remind you that a principle is a fundamental or primary truth on which all other truths depend. You see, that's why Satan wants us not to get this and wants us to think, well, we're not under the law anymore. But you know, the last time I checked, has anyone got a $100 bill here? Come on, anyone got a $100 bill? Anyone got a 50? Anyone got a couple of 20s? Anyone got any cash right now? Come on, come on, put your hand up. Dustin, you got some money. Run it down here to the front. Run it, run it, run it, run it. Come on, here he comes. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. If we want to say that tithing is something that's under the law, give me that credit card too. I'll take that too. Stay here a second. I'll take it off. If we're going to say that tithing is under the law, the last time I found out that stealing was under the law too. So therefore, now, if we're no longer under the law, then thank you very much. I'll just keep this and it's mine now. You see, God didn't do away with those things. He just fulfilled those things. You see how foolish it would be to say that now I can steal and now I can commit adultery and now I can murder? No, it's not true. Because tithing is not a law. It's an unchanging principle established by an unchanging God. There's a lot riding on the first. Quickly, let me give you something else just in case you don't see this. A lot of questions have been asked. Well, why did not God not accept Cain's offering, but he accepted Abel's offering. Let's look at it, if we would. Genesis 4, verse 3 through 5 says this. And in the process of time, literally at the end of days, that's a key point right there, remember that. It came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought the what? Come on, help me out. Abel brought the... He brought the first. He brought the first. Come on, do you see that? Cain didn't. Abel brought the first. First things first. He brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But God did not respect Cain and his offering. And if you would keep on reading, Cain got very angry and so angry that he actually murdered and killed his son. Isn't it amazing? The first murder was an offering over an offering and people have been fighting and killing each other over it ever since. But soap that scripture. We talked on Wednesday about soaping it, looking at the scripture, observing it, looking at the application and the prayer of personalization to our lives. Soap that scripture. What do we see? It said at the beginning, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering. In other words, Cain brought an offering. He brought what he wanted, but what do we see? Abel brought what God wanted. Come on now. Cain brought what he wanted. Abel brought what God wanted because he brought the firstborn. Cain brought something from what he had. And let me break it down for you further today. Cain brought what he wanted when he 
wanted it. God accepted and respected Abel's offering, but he did not accept or respect Cain's. And you may say, well, that's a little harsh, don't you think? Maybe if God hadn't instructed us how to give. You see, if we don't know any better, but it's written down, it's prescri- in a prescribed way, we can see that. Well, pastor, I just give as I feel led. You know how many people say that? I just feel as I give, you know, I just give as I feel led. That is foolishness. Look at your neighbor and say, crazy. I mean, that's crazy. It's like me turning around to Kelly and saying, well, I'm just going to love my wife how, when I feel led. You know, God's word tells me how I'm to love my wife. The Bible says I'm to give for my wife like God gave for his church to sacrificially love and to serve her the same way God tells me how to give. So if I say I'm just giving how I'm led, I'm giving an offering of Cain. I'm not bringing the first. I'm not giving to God what he really wants in our lives. There's a whole other sermon in all of this. But let me tell you this. Not only did God not accept Cain's offering, he couldn't accept it because God can't accept second. He can only accept first. Come on. You know, you may look and say, well, there's, God can do anything. No, he can, there's some things. Do you realize there's some things that God cannot do? Uh, come on, you're looking at me crazy. Here's one, God cannot change. Because if he was to change, that would mean he would have to be better than what he already is and he'll never be better than what he is because he's already the best. Come on, you know what else God can't do? God can't think like you think. God never woke up and said, man, that never came across my mind. I never even thought about that. God knows all things, confirmed in the scripture. His ways are what? Higher than ours. His thoughts are what? Above our thoughts. He doesn't think as we think, the Bible says. His ways are higher than ours. Here's another thought, and that is this. God can never be second because he's always first. Come on, there's some things that God can't do. He cannot be second because he needs to always be first. That's just a bonus for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, bonus. Number three, are you with me? Are you with me today? Number three, the last point, and that is this. The tithe must be first. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The first fruits must be given first. And the tithe must be first. Leviticus 27 verse 30 says these words, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. That thought there, it is holy to the Lord, is the same thought of it is mine. It's mine. It's what I have. Set it aside. Give it to God. Let me give you an illustration today. Let me give you an example today. Logan, come up here and help me. Can you come up here, Logan? Come on, everyone give it up for Logan in the house. Okay, into Logan's hands, I'm going to give him 10 $1 bills, okay? There's 10 $1 bills right there, okay? For simple math, I know some of you struggle a little bit, so we're going to help you out a little bit. So if I've given him 10 $1 bills, how much is the tithe? Help us out here. $1. $1 is the tithe. Everyone with me on that? 10%? Some of you are like, carry this. Yeah, I got that. yeah, I'm there. Okay, just trust us. It's one. It's one. Chip, it's one. If Chip says it's one, then it's one. I mean, he's the brainy intellect of the house right here. Love it. Love Mr. Chip. Okay? So one of those is the tithe, which leaves nine. Now, here's the question I have for you today. Which one is the tithe? 
The first what? The first one that should be given or the first one that should leave our hand is that which is the first. Thanks. You can keep that, but make sure you give your tithe. There you go. There you go. So the first one is the first. So notice this, and I want you to understand something here. And please, what I'm trying to tell you today, I'm not trying to put you into a legal bondage. This is not putting legality on you in any way. But I want to show you something here. Is when you are paid, whether it's bi-weekly, whether it's once a month, here's what I believe. What is the tithe? The tithe is the 10%. But what is the 10%? The tithe should be that which is given first. I believe if you are doing your bills and when you do your bills, the first check that you should write should be your tithe check. The tithe must be first. Now, we know God's looking at our hearts, so don't get me wrong. God's looking. We're not trying to put legalism over you, but this is a principle I truly believe. That means that our first check, as I said, should be given to God. And what I mean by this, or by that, is this. Look at this statement. What does it say about our priorities when we are willing to pay everything else first and then see if there is enough left over to give God his portion. What does it say about our priorities if we're given to everyone else first and then we turn around and say, if there's anything left, then I'll give God his portion. Well, pastor, let me just stop you there. Let me just stop you because there's a lot of excuses that people can make today. And we've talked about the firstborn and the first fruit, how it's an act of faith to give those things when you don't see anything else coming behind. What if my oxen dies? What if my sheep? What if, what if, what if? It's an act of faith. Listen to me, I'm not trying to tell you that your other bills are, are not important, because they are. But what I'm saying to you is this make sure that you are, given, you are not giving God's portion, the first, to your mortgage company. Make sure you're not giving it to your car company. Make sure you're not giving it to your credit cards. Why? Because your mortgage company does not possess the ability to bless your life. Only God possesses the ability to bless your life. You may say, well, pastor, if I give my tithe, I won't have money enough to do this and that. What are those things that you will have to do without? Let me tell you something. If you want to go to Starbucks every day instead of giving God your tithe and living in the blessing of God, then you enjoy your Starbucks every day. But I'm telling you right now, you give to God and the blessings that will come into your life, into your finances, into every area of your life. I'm telling you, those things don't possess the ability, but God does. Read it in Malachi when you get home. Read it in Malachi chapter 1. God says, you've brought me the lame. You've brought me the misfits. You've brought me all these things. And paraphrase, God says this, don't even bother lighting a fire to put it on a sacrifice because God says, I won't accept it. You know why most people get disillusioned with giving to God? Why? Because they give God what's left and they expect him to bless that. Come on, God doesn't bless. He wants the first of the first. Come on, I'm preaching truth that's going to set you free in the house. Anytime you talk about money, you can get some people mad. I know some of you are mad at me in the house today, but that's okay. I love you enough to teach you the truth of God's word because this isn't what I'm saying. This is straight from the word of God. This is straight from the word of God. Listen to me, 90% with God's blessing goes a whole lot further than 100% unblessed. Perhaps you're like many of the people that would say, well, pastor, I'm putting God first with my giving. But really, 
true tithing is where the rubber hits the road. Because if you are really putting God first in your giving, it should be evident in your bank statement. It should be evident in your checkbook. It should be evident in your life. And let's go back to Malachi. Let's, let's round off Malachi 3.11. And God says, I will. Notice that God doesn't say there's a question of. But God says it's a definite, not a maybe. Maybe, maybe by may. God says it's a definite yes. God says, and I will. I will what? Release to you after you have released and given to me what is mine. God says, I will give to you, and what? I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that you will not be destroyed, or the fruit of your ground will not be destroyed. That means when everyone else is in famine all around you, there's going to be fruit in your house and blessing. And people are going to look and say, how is that? And you can throw your hands in the air and say, because God has blessed that which is mine, because I have given to Him, or I have brought to Him what is his and he has restored back to me. Come on, it gets better. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in the field. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Wow! The reality is this. God doesn't need your money. Of course, he uses it for his glory. But he doesn't need that. God doesn't need necessarily your gift. It's not like God's broken. He's waiting so he can go out and pay his electric bill. God doesn't even have lights in heaven. You know why? Because His glory is so bright that you don't need a light bulb. His presence is so great that He is the light. There's no darkness in heaven. Think about this. There's not even a shadow in heaven. You know, when you stand in front of a light, there's a shadow behind you. God's glory is so powerful. There are no shadows even in heaven because His glory is all around. So God doesn't need what you can give, but get Guess what? You need his blessing in your life. You need to be blessed. I need to be blessed. I'll be the first one to say, I need the blessing of God in my life. And where does that come? How does that come? Through us bringing back to God the principle of first. I want to see change. I want to see transformation. I want to see breakthroughs. I want to see releases in your finances. I want God to bless you. And I'm telling you how he will today. First things first. First things first. I know God wants to bless your finances. I I know God wants to make them go further. I know God wants to give you more. But why should he give you? Why should he trust you? Why should he entrust you with more? If you're not going to be faithful. And you're not faithful and a good steward with what you have. You're first right now. You see, if you want God to give you $10,000 so you can tithe, you will never tithe off $10,000 if you can't tithe off $10. It doesn't work like that. It starts with the first. Turn to your neighbor and say, starts with the first. And I know money's a touchy subject. I know all this, but God says it's a test. God's given us a test every day. God's given us a test to see if we'll obey him. And if we pass the test, it's going to bring freedom, not only financially, but I believe release freedom into our marriage, into our lives, into our homes, into our futures, into everything. So I'm going to end it all with this. There's two testimonies out there. The testimony of the tither. And the testimony of the non-tither, go go throughout the whole world and here's what you'll hear. The non-tithers throughout the whole world will say this, I can't afford to give. 
And the tither will say this, I don't know how it works. Because when I'm left with less, God gives me more. I don't know how it works. Mathematically, I can't figure it out. But the tither throughout the course of the world will say this. I don't know how, but God continues to bless me. And God continues to turn things around in my favor. Listen to me. If the non-tithers throughout the whole course of this world say, I can't afford to tithe. And the tithers throughout the whole course of this world say, I don't understand it, but it works. And I've been blessed. Come on, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, I think, to think where I'm going to position myself. I don't want to position myself in brokenness. I don't want to position myself in a place where I don't have enough. I want to position myself where God says, I'll open up the windows of heaven and I'll pour out such blessings in your life. Come on, it doesn't take a smart man to figure it out really, does it? So what do you want? You want hope for your life? You want to see changes in your finances? Then I'm telling you, first things first. For some of you, it may mean major adjustments to your spending habits and all these things, but I'm telling you, you need to put God first. Because when you put God first, He will redeem and He will take care of the rest. Would you stand to your feet with us today? Come on, let's give God a shout in the house. Come on, we can do better than that. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We can do better than that today. Here's what I want to do today. Here's what I want you to do today. I want everyone in here today to give the most extravagant gift that you have ever given today. Don't worry, I'm not asking about your money, so get your hand off your book. I'm not asking for your checks. I'm not asking. Because you know what? The most extravagant gift that you can give today is you. It's you turning around and saying today, God, I'm not just giving you money. I'm giving you my heart. I'm giving you everything. God, I'm saying today, I'm putting you first in every area of my life. I want us to do that today. Come on, right now, all over this place. Come on, right now. Who who wants God to be totally first in your life in every area? Come on, even as you lift your hands and keep them lifted up right now. Even right now you're saying, wow, I don't know how I can figure it out because, man, this plus this and this plus this is left with a minus. How can I begin to give to God when I already don't have enough? Listen, the reason you don't have enough is because you're excluding the blesser from your life. Come on, first things first. I'm telling you, put these principles to work. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Master, Savior, I just want.